Hello friends and folks and welcome to Scanline Media's Gimmick Awards 2022. This is where we do our roundup of the, the highlights of the year in the worlds of games and anime and TV and, you know, just the things that we cover. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. I'm Jennifer Uncle from Scanline Media. I'm Kyrie Page from Scanline Media. And we're here to talk about the best surprise from 2022 the best one i was shocked that 2022 ended personally uh, you know it's uh, the thing the thing you have to change the way you think about years uh -huh. yeah and then it doesn't surprise you anymore people say happy new year there's no such thing as a new year all years are pre-owned they're but, all refurbished yeah the moment you get the year it just it's already used like that's how they get you 2023 is 2019 and they just sort of washed it and redid the carpet we've been on that same year shit since 2012 approximately <laughs> <laughs> something like that um but, but there were some things that surprised uh my co-hosts in this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess there were a couple surprises there's for a, me there's a couple in here i think Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie, can you ask Jen to knock out the list? I don't know why I prompted you. Jen, but knock Jen, out, does it. Jen, knock out the list. All right. So for best surprise, we have Drainus. Um, we have Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, we have DNF Duel. Kyrie, <laughs> what? Stop, Jen. What? Poke her. She can't say we have before yeah, if every you item that, on a long list. Yeah, if you do one, Jen, just... We just gotta bang him out. Okay. Biggest disappointment. Jen saying we have every fucking time. Jen, just knock him out, okay, girl? Okay. From the top. Second, for a second, I thought you were stopping me because I pronounced it Arceus, but... Uh, no, who... Okay. That's correct. Arceus is correct. Arceus okay. is, in fact, correct. Best surprise. Drainus. Pokemon Legend. Okay. Curie, can you read the list, please? <laughs> no, I got, it, I got it. I got okay. it. I got it. Well, okay. Train you us. Got one more chance. Okay. You good? <laughs> Curie, can you read Drainus. the list, please? Aww. Pokemon Legends Arceus, DNF Duel, Chrono Cross, Radi Radical Dreamers Edition. Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, That's Stranger so Shut Up, <laughs> Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Live Alive, The Centennial Case, A Shijima Story, Signalis, Potionomics, Toho Mystia's Izakaya, Ano Mutinatum, Pentiment, Need for Speed Unbound, Gran Turismo 7, and Chained Echoes. All right. Um, I'm ready to go ahead and immediately cut Gran Turismo 7. Uh, no one in the world was surprised by this game but me. It turns out, I think sim racers can be fun. That was news to me. News to you. But it doesn't make it a, like, I, I don't think that it, I don't think either of you were like, wow, this is not the game I was expecting or anything. So let's go ahead and cut it. Yeah, it's a damn good game, though. Yeah, and it, it caught your attention more than, like, other, like, are you really a racing like sim person at all a sim person no not not literally at all uh racing games it's like sometimes they're fun um grand trust seven's in my top 10 for the year so okay well, that's fair uh, 
Um, I I got another cut for you. Like I I have a few that I can just kind of knock uh-huh. out. Uh, I'll just go ahead and cut Ano Mutationium Mute ah because I can't pronounce it. Um, Ano Mutaneum. Um, it's good. I think it has like a really great art style. Um, I was kind of surprised at like how well the pixel into 3D environments worked. But also, this is an aesthetic that has been used in recent years. Um, but I just thought, like, hey, this is, like, a cool, like, cyberpunk story. But I just haven't played enough of it to really say a one way or the other. Um, but it's a cool game. Um, you know, I think it's a... I'm, I'm finding it to be a pleasant surprise that this is not what I thought it was. Because it starts with Anno, and so I was like, oh, it's, like, the newest, like, Anno 1800, these, like, city builders. No, it's no. not. No, it's about, like, a lady in a cyberpunk dystopia who, you know, does Wishes stuff. she wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and has, uh, has uh, her gay girlfriend following her around uh, using a little drone. Okay. Yep. Combat could be better, but it was like, yeah, it's it's cool looking and it's interesting. And I played a bit of it. I'm going to play more of it. All right, sounds good. Uh, you know, shout out Sana to be nominated. Um, I have two, I think a lot of these are Kyrie's edition. Kyrie is, is a very, very good at, at, at adding to the list, getting our list up, but it does mean that when it comes time for the thing, I'm, I'm a little harsh on some of Kyrie's picks. Um, so first of all, Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers edition, Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was a bad surprise because it doesn't run great. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with, like, cutting that. I was just more surprised that, like, we, for year, we have an official English translation of Radical Dreamers. That's kind of, like, sure. I was shocked that, like, Square Enix would even establish, like, not establish, like, acknowledge that game. Like, like it is unfortunate that Radical Dreamers edition just doesn't play as nearly as well as the PS1 version of uh, Chrono Cross but still it is really cool that they you know re- they translated um Radical Dreamers and it plays fine i just like you're you're better off just like finding a a ISO of Chrono Cross and just playing it in Duck Station <laughs> um mm-hmm. But it's not also the worst way to play it. Like, it's serviceable, which is in and of itself kind of disappointing because Chrono Cross is such an interesting game that deserves, like, a more faithful preser- preservation. Um, but still. And it is part of this growing trend of, I mean, you know, it's this isn't a new thing. We've been talking about this for years, but it's still, I, I don't think it's become any less uh, disappointing when people don't know how to make a PlayStation Five run a PS One game, it's mm-hmm. like what the f- what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, this is a over. This is like at least almost twenty years old, almost older than that. I think like game, you should be able to make this run without fucking frame drops. I yeah. swear to God. <laughs> yeah, Square Enix just needs to get better at uh, well, most <laughs> things. Enix- yeah, and and Square Enix occasionally is pretty great at like uh, re-releasing and preserving some of their stuff, but uh, it's kind of a fifty-fifty situation where it'll either be 
an amazing port that runs well, or it'll have slowed down, the fonts will be all fucked up, and uh, so many other little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also would like to cut Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. How much did you play of that, Kyrie? Not as much as I would have liked. Um, it was, it was like of what I've played of it, I've enjoyed. Um, I think it was like the the surprising part was like, oh, how are they going to make this work? Because you know, Three Hopes or Three Houses has a pretty, like, well-established kind of timeline. And it's kind of cool what they did to, like, oh, it's a splintering timeline, but it's all the, you know, characters from that game. Um, and I think it plays pretty well, too. Like, I love Fire Emblem... Not Fire Emblem. Um, I loved Age of Calamity, and it, like, runs better than that. And it was like, oh, they finally started figuring out their engine. Um... But it's still, like, I found, I had fun with it, but at the end of the day, it's a Musou game. Um, yeah. And it also is, it's a Musou game that is kind of unambitious in a way. Like, it's obviously the premise is plenty ambitious, but, like, you do not get, a, a, like, as there are so many characters you would think you would start to get given the different approach and the different way the storyline goes. And it's mostly just the cast from the first game. I think you get like two other characters you didn't get previously. Which right. is like, Oh really? Cause you're spending all this time hanging out with various nobles and stuff and they just, they're never playable. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, they didn't roll in that like DLC campaign, the characters from that DLC campaign. Oh, they was did. It? Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hoppy's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I know I got further than you then. Yeah. <laughs> Aha. Uh, but yeah. I think we should uh, cut DNF duel. <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I listen, DNF duel is going to be my little like pet game to a certain degree. But I recognize that it has a good number of shortcomings. Um, I think it plays very well. But also, this is, like, this is aiding in Arxis, you know, fighting games. Like, that's kind of, like, what they make. I think DNF Duel is a fun game. I think it plays well. It looks good. It kind of ticks all the boxes. Um, But the... Real big unfortunate part is that Arxis has not given it like any support. Like it's it was only several months after release in which Arxis was like, okay, we're gonna start adding, you know, new characters. Six months. Six months, crazy. Six months after it came out, they're like, we will add one more character. And probably more than that, but probably, like, but so st- far they've only said one. Yeah. Um which is a shame because it's like there's something really fun about the game in how very quickly it gets you into the mindset of like, oh, I could just do some fucked up nonsense. Like, I don't know, like DNF Duel is a great like casual fighting game to, I think, play because you're just constantly discovering new and dumb bullshit. Um, and the the recent update, like the big grand update where they <laughs> said they've buffed every character is quite funny conceptually like i'm, I'm just glad aiding's making fighting games again <laughs> um mm-hmm. but yeah 
I I could see it being cut. I feel bad just going, you know, knives out for everyone else's stuff, but I put two games on this list and I've cut one of them. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh. uh What else do you have in mind then? <sighs> it's tricky cuz like some of these I feel like I like Can I hear the argument for the Centennial case? Yeah, it, it might be one of the ones that needs to go, but I I I'd like to talk about why it's in the first place. Like, uh, Square Enix released a lot of games this year, but uh, near the beginning they released this uh, full-blown FMV detective adventure sort of situation where you're going through various points in time and, uh, like, find... Like, going through the process of puzzling through these specific murder mysteries to solve a larger mystery that's taking place in the present day. The most surprising thing about it to me, other than the fact that it completely snuck up on me, is that uh, it's a really good game. Like, it's not just even, it's not even just, like, good for an FMV game. Like, it's well acted, the story is compelling, and uh, even though I wish the detective elements were a little deeper than they are um i think the way it's handled is pretty brilliant it's uh it's one of those games that disappeared off a lot of people's radars uh, over time just because it happened so early in the year and then we had a cavalcade of more interesting games later on but uh i still think it's worth shouting out but you you still think it should go yeah there are certain things here that i would fight for harder Okay. Um, I am a little torn, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Live Alive is incredible, but I kind of knew it was going to be incredible. It is an adaptation of a fairly beloved JRPG, um... When did I it guess... get announced? Is the question. Yeah, that's oh, the fe- thing. Oh, it was February. Okay, it was this year. Okay, yeah. never mind. It's never mind. <laughs> yeah, it was just part of a Nintendo Direct, and everyone's jaw hit the fucking floor. Like, really, you're bringing back that game? <laughs> and uh, it, I think another key part to its uh, place on this list is that uh, I don't know about you six, but. Uh, until this year, I didn't think much about the whole 2D HD thing that uh, Square Enix has been pushing in terms of, like, uh, let's take a bunch of uh, pixel art and recreate it within these 3D environments. But uh, I feel like Live Alive alongside Triangle Strategy really sold me on that approach. Like, they've made some beautiful games using that method. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's It's a very pretty game. And also, um, to be fair, like, the amount of work that they have done to Live Alive is, like, they had already a really solid base to go off of, um, but, like, it seems like a lot of, like, was anything really added to it beyond... Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, not only did they, like, add full voice acting and got a lot of incredible heavy hitters to contribute, <laughs> like, they got the fucking Dragon Ball Z, um... OP singer to do like the robot theme in this but uh 
they also added on to the ending in a way that felt natural and made it even more exciting. It sounds like Live Alive should, we should put a pin in Live Alive. Like, I, 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 I know I, I have a couple, like, I think on here that I'm like, I have one or one or two more that I'm willing to like drop. But I think Live Alive, we should put a pin in it. Okay. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it lands. Also, I don't know if we ever established any point that we're trying to establish a, you know, winner. Oh, yeah, we have to say up. the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we just got into it. We just know. But um, yeah, we're trying to determine a winner and two runners up. And we can, at our discretion, expand it if we feel is appropriate. Mm-hmm. But a case kind of has to be made. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was very surprised that there was a Toho game I could get literally anything out of because that shit was completely impenetrable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like looking at a single screenshot of this game, um, of like you know, running your own you know pop up restaurant, I kind of knew from that that I was gonna like it. So I can see Toho Misty as Izakaya go. Yeah, and there may be like other categories in which Toho Misty as Izakaya will also get. It's due. It is cool that it has an official English translation and they're catching up with the variety of DLCs that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it's a cooking game. That's like, that's like candy to you, Six. It is. It's true. By that metric, should we also cut Potionomics? Potionomics might be one of my games of the year. Um, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well, see, here's the here's the problem we run into. I mean, like, you know Misty Azizakaya is one of my games of the year. Um The problem we run into here is that <sighs> Actually There are two mm-hmm. types of surprise, right? There is the this came from out of nowhere, and there is the I actively this is actively not the result I expected. And I think that actively not the result we expected is always going to hit harder. Yeah. As far as mm-hmm. being surprising. And I think, you know what, on that, by that metric, now that you, like, I, I still am trying to reconfigure my brain a little bit. Um, but, like, yeah, I think Potionomics can be cut in that case because the moment I, like, tried the demo with the card, like, bartering, I was like, oh, yeah, this is. If cooking games are your candy, uh, six, uh, card games are mine. Um, and I, I still think, like, I still want to shout it out as, like, such an interesting and cool game. Um, and also just, it was kind of surprising that, you know, here's a game like Reketeer in 2022. Uh, that's just cool. Um, I think it's, like, fun and interesting, but I... Looking at this list so far, there's, like, others I would put ahead of it. I'm sorry to correct you again, but there literally is a game called Reciteer, so it's Reciteer. Reciteer. Look. <laughs> if there wasn't a game called that, I would not correct fair, you. But... Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, listen, I think we're down to four, realistically. And mm. I'm I'm here to hear pushback, but I think... We are trying to find a top three out of Legends Arceus, Stranger Paradise, uh, Live Alive, and Need for Speed. 
I think so um, too. I'll I think so too. Drainus is really cool. Once again, I think that's gonna be in my contention for game of the year, but it's Ladybug doing like it's Team Ladybug doing a classic genre. Um that's kinda what they do. Um they just it was surprising that they decided to tackle the side scrolling shooter and make one of the best side scrolling shooters made in the past like decade. Um but it's it's um I think there there are other places it'll get its due. I'm just like it did kind of come out of nowhere for me, but it's also like Team Ladybug has just been knocking, you know, home runs out of the park since they started releasing games. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I can, I, Drainus can go. Yeah. Um, I do think Signalis is uh, maybe safe to cut just because like its nature of surprise as we got into is uh, more of a thing that sneaks up on you rather than something that uh, goes a different way than you expect. Signalis is a game that, like, made by two people, it kind of, uh, you heard, like, murmurs about it being this something kind of special from folks who play, who have their ear to the ground for indie games all the time. And then it came out and, like, it shot to the top of most people's game of the year list because it's just a fucking impeccable survival horror game. It's, uh... It's an incredible time, really. Like, I have some misgivings with the way that uh, it occasionally leans too hard into emulating some of the previous uh, survival horror games that came before it. But uh, when it's doing its own thing, it is stunning in every sense of the word. It is incredible. But uh, yeah, it doesn't quite hang with this list here. Um, I will make a case for Pentiment staying. Because Pentiment was another thing that just got announced this year. And you kind of think about Obsidian's trajectory, especially ever since they got bought by Microsoft. You think things like the Outer Worlds and the fact that they're making yet another one of those. And that that's already been like... I know you six don't feel too strongly about the Outer Worlds in terms of it being like a weird fallout slash mass effect game that doesn't quite hit it with the writing but all of a sudden they're like hey you know what we're doing this year we're making a 2d game that is illustrated like 15th century books and we're gonna focus on a murder within a monastery slash town a series of murders that happened over the course of several years and it's just fucking incredible. It, it it feels like to me that it came out of nowhere and it just... I was not expecting something this magnificent or touching when I sat down to play it. Like, I was expecting I would like it because, like, I've read The Name of the Rose. I've, I have a thing for, like murder mysteries that take place within the specific frame of time and having characters be like oh what do you think about martin luther as kind of as a shit stirring move that is incredibly funny to me but uh yeah it just it goes above and beyond all that and is just a fantastic narrative from a company that like they've been kind of on the ropes for a while like they've sold pretty well but i feel like 
they continue to lose their influence as they continue to kind of just waffle with stuff like Outer Worlds. I mean, you say stuff like Outer Worlds, but that's the only example you've made so far. And, like, I definitely think the Outer Worlds is not a well-written thing. But, like, if you look at the other things they've put out, they've put out, uh, like, Pillars of Eternity. They mm-hmm. did Tyranny. They did Pathfinder Adventures. And these are things that, like, I'm probably not going to play myself. But I haven't heard a bunch of people shit-talking them in the way that I have the Outer Worlds. The impression I always got was, like... They, they for the most part, still have their writing on lock, and sometimes their games get in the way of that. And it seems like the Pentiment Secret is not having really anything to it but the writing and the art. I'm not trying to, like, I'm saying it as a compliment, that it knows what its strengths are and plays to them. Mm. Also, didn't these people write Fallout New Vegas? Yes, the lead creative director slash writer for this is uh, Josh Sawyer, who uh, did Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, like, Follow New Vegas is, like, very easily slotted into, like, the genre of game that is just, like, this is one of the best written, like, adventure games ever made. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's, like, Pentiment has, like, a really cool style, um, but it... Like, he's, like like six said with like the outer worlds, it's like that. That's kind of like been their one of their few misfires. It seems like. Mm. I guess for me, it's like I don't know that I I was I am surprised in the same way I've been surprised by some of the other things on here as like it came out and it was good, but it's not like I was. I mean, I didn't really know about the project until it came out, and so that's that's the thing for me is it's not that it's not. I suspect it will quite do quite well in some other categories, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I see it as best surprise because mainly the surprise was I was like, what's that? What What is the name you just said? And then it's like, oh, this is cool. I guess that's fair. Yeah. And by that same token, um, what yeah, is you didn't even like Chain Echoes that much, Jen. No, I like the game. I just don't like the writing that much. Well, like, yeah, that's kind of part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I still think it's worth, like, shouting out the fact that, like, this single person, along with, like, a musician and... Oh, uh, trust me, you can tell he's single. No, oh. bitches. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just meant, like, an eight-year project that is, like, kind of incredible to play. It feels fantastic to play. It's chock full of interesting secret bosses, and the me- mechanics are on point, and uh, it's something I've enjoyed losing myself in from time to time. Just, uh, yeah, I guess it also came out at a point where I'm very fucking sick of the fantasy setup of three nations on the brink of war, clearly going to do things to sabotage this piece that is currently there. And, uh... Somewhere... Fucking Guan Yu is crying. You just made him cry. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> also, <laughs> the other weird thing about it is that, like, it's... It's rated M, but it's rated M because occasionally, out of nowhere, a character will just call someone a fucking shithead. <laughs> and it feels so out of sync with the rest of uh, the style they're going with. But, uh... Well, if we were if we were going most shocking M-rated game, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean that as a qualification for best surprise. Just like, I enjoyed the game quite a bit. It just, there are parts of it where I have to hold my nose. Sure. Fair. Mm-hmm. And then there were four. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, Live Alive, and Need for Speed Unbound. I think the fight we have to have here is Legends Arceus or Need for Speed. I I think Legends Arceus is the stronger contender over Need for Speed. Um, because... I think the thing about Legends Arceus, more than it was just like a game that I sunk a lot of time into this year, I think about how in a side game for the mainline Pokemon games, because, you know, with the release of Scarlet and Violet, they were basically saying, yeah, this is like a weird side project. They completely... They tried so many new things that I didn't even realize I wanted out of a Pokemon game. And the way in which it so effortlessly managed, you know, a like new setting, new gameplay mechanics, like how everything, like so much of that game clicks together in such a way that I want it to be the standard of Pokemon going forward. <laughs> like, I. I agree with you on all of that. The last good Need for Speed game was 10 years ago. Yeah. And I didn't even like that one that much. <laughs> Not only that, like, it's... When you get when you sit down to play it, 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 the whole structure is, like, astoundingly strange in a way that I can just get behind. Like, it's a situation where, for the first time in a long time in one of these games, I feel like a true underdog, like... I'm getting into situations where you have this set schedule where you have to tune up a car to a certain point and raise a certain amount of money before the end of the week so you can compete in this specific competition. And the way it incentivizes you to take risks with uh, raising your wanted level, placing side bets in the race depending on who's favored to win... And all of that stuff, like, it's the closest to a, well, it's like a different look at the CarPG sort of situation. Like, if Gran Turismo was the traditional CarPG, Need for Speed Under, Need for Speed Unbound is kind of like the persona <laughs> in that it, uh... Oh, it just has, like, a nice art style and <laughs> just, like, refined mechanics from previous games. Got it. I mean, it gives you, like, real stakes and a real time limit to figure shit out and, uh, get in there and make it happen. And, like, yeah, I feel like Need for Speed Unbound is one of the best arcade racers I've played in years. But it's... My, my, my like, I guess my pushback here is along this idea that, like, for Need for Speed Unbound, it's Criterion allowed to make a good racing game again. Like, it seems like its structure is more akin to, like, Burnout Paradise. Like, it's... I don't know. I see, like, you know, Need for Speed Unbound. It's like, okay, it's got an interesting aesthetic. I think it's funny when, like, the horn is just that guy going beep beep. Um... But, like, 
it just feels like okay we're just mixing the best parts of like stuff that had come before it and executing on that i maybe your general argument i can get on board with um i i it's if you if you say within the realm of arcade racers it's hard to think of two more different than this in paradise they're incredibly different Mm-hmm. in basically every element of structure. Um, but overall, I do think you're right that Unbound's successes are largely from taking various elements through the history of Need for Speed and combining them. Um, I do think that's true. I, I guess it's also just like... Yeah, it, it just feels like to me it's this thing where... We are taking the elements that have worked in previous games and actually, like, mixing them together. And, like, yeah, it's been a while since Criterion has made, like, a decent Need for Speed game. But also their pedigree is in making good racing games. It was I, when until all the people who made them left. It, yeah, that's what I was going to get at. Like, the Criterion we're looking at today is not the same Criterion that... Uh, made the most famous burnout and need for speed games in the past. And uh it's also worth taking a look at like so Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's following um several years of already very good Pokemon games. It's kind of it's a situation where it being a great game isn't a surprise. It's a sit but Need for Speed Unbound is coming into an environment where we're fucking starved for arcade racers. We have like, the other game in town is the Forza Horizon series, and while I have played hours and hours of Forza Horizon, it is bland in a way that has yeah. been bugging me as of late. It does so many different things, but it all ends up feeling the same. Unbound is like taking the taking the whole arcade racing genre and uh, breathing new life into it. To which I say, like, when you were talking about how, like, Pokemon is, like, yeah, there is a pedigree of, like, great and good Pokemon games out there. Pokemon Legends Arceus looked at, like, the established, like, Pokemon games and just basically said, let's really try something new here. Like, by you, like, kind of, the thing that was surprising to me was how they looked at what was engaging about Pokemon as a series, as a just franchise and just trying to look at it at just a completely different angle. Like, I think that's like for a company like Nintendo as set in their ways as they are and the, how the Pokemon company, how just like their the only expectation placed upon them is just to make another one of those to a certain degree where they are, radically restructuring how the game even works like i i think the main issue with like need for speed underground is taking ingredients that have already worked together and like putting them together in a somewhat like novel way like i think arceus i think it looked at the core appeal of Pokemon and decided to like actually think about what that means in 2022. And but I think if you're sorry, finish your thought. I I, I don't know. That's just kind of it. 
I feel like if you're making the argument that Unbound is a bunch of series elements like re- remixed and recombined, you have to make the same le- argument for Legends Arceus. You have stuff like Let's Go and, of course, Pokemon Go with the emphasis on, like, catching over just, like, fighting all the time. You have, like, it. I think it's a very novel game. Um, like, for me, what this comes down to, like, if you just ask me which game I think is better, it's Arceus No Problem, right? Um... I would much prefer play that game. I think it's a better game. But if you ask me, like, what is the bigger surprise that they were willing to make changes to the Pokemon franchise for once or that Need for Speed managed to finally ship a decent game? I genuinely don't know which is more surprising. Do you remember Need for Speed The Run? Like, Jesus (laughs) Christ, it's been a fucking, like, a Wasteland would be kinder. Yeah. <laughs> it's been miserable. I I do think it's also worth shouting out somewhat Stranger Paradise here because we all went into it thinking... It oh, gonna it's be- going to win. We're just trying to figure <laughs> out a third. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, like... I don't know. Like if if you two if you two are like saying like we cut RCS, I guess it's just that was the last thing on <laughs> that I really like really stuck out to me in terms of like the surprises on this list because I the the thing about Legends Arceus was to me I played this game and it made me feel like I was an eleven year old again playing Pokemon for the first time because. It's more than just, like, yes, okay, there are previous mechanics in, like, the Let's Go and even, like, Pokemon Go, like, the mobile game. But the way they make catching the Pokemon actually matter, in a way, where you are, you know, like, the way you interact with the Pokedex in that game is so significantly different from every previous ver like, every previous version of Pokemon, where it's, like... Mm -hmm. In previous Pokemon games, you caught one Pokemon, you had a perfect understanding of what it was, its physiology, everything. Here, it's like, oh, you actually feel like something resembling a researcher, because it's like, no, you can't just catch, like, one ladybug and understand every ladybug. It's like, no, you gotta, like, you know, go into different biomes, try different things, hit it with different attacks, find different sizes. It, to me, feels like this natural like it is at first a seemingly natural evolution of what pokemon as a series should become but also at the same time it's just so like so incredibly like refined for like their first like shot at like reinventing the wheel and i think that I think Legends Arceus also, it actually also has a story worth giving a shit about in some ways. Like I mean, I didn't, but I hear you. <laughs> it it actually attempts, like, character arcs, which is yeah. shocking for Pokemon. Like, there are, like, it's just like there's so many, like, little touches that, like, make the game feel just a little bit more, like, alive and interesting. And... It makes me think that there is a way for, like, 
there's a way for this series to like really not just like coast on like the you know 25 years of momentum the series has had and actually push for something new and interesting and it felt genuinely like i still remember this happened like ten, nine or ten months ago i still remember the interaction in which i tossed like a berry at a group of like three starly one got distracted hopped over i threw the pokeball caught it but the other two starly noticed that interaction and flew away like that was incredible like as this like little melting pot of all the of the ideas that had been building up to that game and that was in the opening area <laughs> i do think i have to give it to legends rcs here that's fair. Yeah, I was still going to stick with Need for Speed Unbound, but uh, Six can be the tiebreaker here and give it to Arceus. I think ultimately the thing is, Need for Speed Unbound, if it had come out, you know, like, back when they were making better Need for Speed games, it would be like, oh, this is an interesting remix. This is okay, right? Um, whereas Legends Arceus, to me, is a game that, it, I had a moment playing in the early moments of playing Legends Arceus, and this feeling didn't go away. It's just when it first occurred, where I was like, oh, all the problems are Nintendo's fault. Game Freak's yes. really good at this. <laughs> oh my god, yes. And all the like little quality of life changes that they've made has been there to make the experience of playing Pokemon really fun and engaging. <laughs> Like, it already was, but it just, like, compared to what had come before, the other mainline, like, main game at that point was Sword and Shield. And, man, I bounced super hard off of Sword and Shield. Game was not great. No. It, like, in terms of, like, games with almost zero expectations, like, they, I, I think Legends RCS has to be in our top three. <laughs> Are you okay with that cut, Jen? Major piece? Yeah, I think Sword and Shield is better than y'all giving it credit for, but uh, yeah, it's um, I'm okay with that. We could have that conversation another time. We could have a best Pokemon Gen podcast where I put Sword and Shield maybe number two from the bottom. Game, those games are bad. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it's um, uh, not good. <laughs> but. That leaves us with Pokemon Legends Arceus, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, and Live Alive. And as suggested, I really think Stranger of Paradise has to win this. Easily. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I have come to kill chaos. <laughs> the way that everyone was, like, reacting to the trailers when it came out, it was mostly like, what the fuck are y'all... What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> You're just retelling Final Fantasy 1 with people and, like... Jacket is like like his beat up black t shirt and iPod full of Lincoln Park or whatever. Like, excuse me. Yeah, and even when you're playing the demo, you're like, okay, this game looks like an Xbox 360 game. It uh, has various bits to it that seem kind of bad. The lighting looks awful, but uh, yeah, just one of those things where if you go into it and you give it your all, like it is one of the most memorable action RPGs I've played. 
Jack Garland is one of the best things to happen to the Final Fantasy franchise. In years. <laughs> save it, save it for best new game character. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm doing a chaos check in. <laughs> <laughs> it's really ridiculous, like, because it's not just that the game is good, right? Because mm. like, you could be like, okay, this demo was misleading. It's 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 you know. Uh, Team Ninja, they know how to make an action game, you know, okay, so it turns out that the action gets there in the end, and the class stuff is fun and interesting, but it's like, the plot is really interesting and compelling, and just, like, the straight-up writing, I've never played a game by Team Ninja where the dialogue was good, where you have Jack apologizing because he just, listen, he doesn't know how to express affection. And he's saying that without saying that, because he would never say that, but he will say, I'm sorry, this is just what I'm like. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and maybe one of the most impressive things about all that is it comes through that strongly, even though when you're playing it within the first hour, you can see the bones of the ideas that they had and tossed out like <laughs> the way it is structured like you could see the bits and pieces where they had an idea for something but ended up cutting it and kept like the remains over here or they didn't have time to implement this one thing so they simplified it in a way and even with all of that going against it it still comes out swinging and it is fantastic it's also a case where I think even some of its missteps kind of work in its favor because with the, like, the story they want to tell and the characters they want to do, that doesn't have to be, like, cheesy or clumsy, right? Mm -hmm. But once you do the, like, the, like, they're wearing t-shirts and we're going to kill chaos, that tone suddenly makes you really affectionate about things that would otherwise be really annoying. You get a big goofy grin on your face whenever they go, are those cubes? And you're like, this is great. I love it here. <laughs> Jack's like interactions with the party and just like, there's just so much fun to that character because listen, 2023 is the year we all just embrace being cringe. Like, it's ridiculous, but there's something really sincere at the heart of it. <laughs> I had one of my favorite moments in this, uh, favorite moments in this game where, like, a character is just going on about how no one fucking listens to them, um, when they're trying to tell people how to do the right thing, or, like, they're trying to pour their heart out. And there's a second, there's like a beat, and then I got close enough to the cubes and someone shouts out, cubes here! <laughs> like they were l literally not listening to that person the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What a goofy, ridiculous game that, when it, on its first announcement, everyone was like, what the fuck is this thing? Like, who is this weird, like, guy screaming about, like, wanting to kill Chaos? And it's more that it just became, like, a like a meme or whatever. Because lots of things become, like, just, like, shared jokes, right? We could have mm -hmm. all just, like, easily done a thing where it's like, oh, we're just Chaos posting. But then, it like, the way in which, the specific way in which the game leans into the absurdity of its own premise and comes out the other side with just so much like bombast it's it's shocking 
Yeah, it's a game where you can run up to a Tonberry and punch it into red shards. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you punch it and then you grab it and squeeze until it explodes in blood. It's just a lot. They're blood shards, but you know, because they, yeah. they, you know, <laughs> it's it's a Japanese game. They can't show that much blood. No. Anyway, congratulations to Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Our best surprise of 2022 runners up. Pokemon Legends Arceus and Live Alive. We did it. <laughs> we we sure did. Uh, we'll be back with more categories, probably, unless this is, you know, this wouldn't be the last one. Game no, of the Year is always the last one. Game of the Year one, is the last so. one. So, but... All right, that's safe to say. Mm -hmm. um, until that time, folks, peace out. See ya. Later. <laughs>